Good morning. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Today is August 29, 2023. Trump power money. Trump is a lever. I believe that God is using President Trump to lever the status quo. This is obvious, but I just want to kind of take a step down memory lane. I also want to point out the changes that are ongoing. I will also, in my Jaron fashion, try to point out the fact that there is a back and forth battle about the psychology. The images that are going in through your eyes and in through your ears for the key terrain of the mind for the prize of the soul because the enemy is responding to Trump. I believe that there's probably been overtures or attempts at his life, so pray for his personal safety. No doubt the deep state is coming after him through lawfare, litigiousness, overactive, zealous, Soros pot, bought and paid for district attorneys. I think that's obvious. But there's also something else, and that's the, the war on whites. This idea that Biden today, and we'll play this in the next segment, but Biden today was pointing out the fact that the greatest threat as assessed by the national security people is that of white supremacy. And so as Trump is a lever against the status quo, getting people to recognize the privation, the tyranny, the oppression, the arbitrariness of our government, as that is pulling people together, looking to Trump as a unifier, there are people using those Marxist presuppositions, these race-baiting demonic ploys to get people to identify themselves as white or black. We'll explain. We'll explore that in the second part. Uh, the third part, I want to say that we have the youth. We have the youth that this idea of attacking people based on their gender, based on their beliefs, based on attacking people, period. The, the oppressors have jumped the shark. There's a video out of a 12-year-old little boy. And this young man has a backpack with a bunch of patches on it. And the peak feminists at these public school institutions are sitting down going, we can't have the Gadsden flag on a bag because that's racist. I believe that these godless commies have just bit off more than they can chew. People are rejecting feminism in all its forms, which is not to say that they think bad of women. It's to say that we hate, we hate this post-World War II neoconservative, neoliberal economic order where everything is perfect and we have to have a liberal democracy global order. People are rejecting it politically. People are rejecting it morally. People are rejecting it economically. And I believe that you are in a time, you are in a period, me and you and everybody else right meow is in a time when things are in flux. Like a deck of cards just being up in the air. That's what's going on. So I will try to bend things back to the gospel. I will try to bend things back to the Bible and give people action steps that they can do in this chaos. Because there's stuff that don't make sense. There's stuff on one hand is just obvious. And we hate this stuff. These things are bad. This is obvious. But then there's other things that's like, well, I agree with this guy. But this guy ain't Jesus, so I can't follow him all the way. Amen? So, anyway, before I start that, I want to play a quick video, so go ahead. What could be the biggest opportunity for food freedom in nearly two decades is here, but you have to take action. Small farmers have two options when it comes to meat processing facilities, USDA and Custom Exempt. To sell their meat to the public, small farmers have to process through USDA meat processors. These are facilities with USDA agents on the premise at all times. If processed at a custom facility, the meat is stamped not for resale and prohibited from distribution to the public. USDA facilities are very expensive and very hard for small farmers to access. For example, to process a lamb at a USDA meat processor, I have to drive two hours round trip and pay $225 versus 40 minutes round trip and $80 at a custom meat processor. While it is often argued that the USDA oversight is required in order to assure food safety, there are no records of any foodborne illness traced to any custom slaughterhouse since 2012. Call your representative as well as both of your U.S. senators by September 5th and urge them to sign HR 2814-S907, which will remove restrictions on resale of meat from custom exempt meat processors. For years, I've been supporting the Live Local movement, local produce, your farmers, see the cow, eat the cow. This is a very near and dear topic to me because food security is national security. So go back, replay that, encourage lawmakers to protect uh, processors. 
the meatpacking processing industry is a big deal. Uh, the link in the description below with the Live Local Field Manual says action steps on how to find one, how to build that relationship, and how to do that. If you can do the Live Local option, you should do the Live Local option. If you cannot do the Live, lo lo live Local option, there is a Patriot Switch option, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. There is a vertically integrated ranch, Riverbend Ranch. This has beef straight from the field, never vaccinated, never touched by these godless commie processors, price competitive. It has all sorts of things. It's got beef options. Here's the ribeye bundle. Here is the smokers bundle. Here is the filet and sirloin bundle. And here is the New York strip bundle. Again, these are available at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. I appreciate the help that way. Um, President Trump is a lever against the status quo insofar as he's waking people up, as it were. Now, this waking people up, I, I, again, I don't like the presentation because I think it's got Gnostic undertones. I think it's got new age concepts to it. I'm, I'm, I'd really try to guard my language. I really try to guard the way that I present things, which is part of the difficulty is that once an idea and a mantra and a cliche gathers hold and hooks in the brain and it spreads it's the, that's what people use that's now the currency and so to say a phrase or to say something that goes against that really you're swimming upstream but people are waking up having said that people are waking up I want to play for you a video. It does include bad language and bad concepts, but this is real, raw, and this is unbridled. This, these are a bunch of, it's a bunch of black people speaking about their support of Trump. I want to speak to this in the next segment when we speak about white supremacy. But this video that I'm about to show you is not what the Democrat Party, the leftists, the progressives, the globalists want. And we're going to speak to why Trump has been a lever to move this status quo to get to where we are right now. But first, you need to be able to see the video. Go ahead. As black people, you know, with Trump. Yeah, I with Trump. I don't know why everybody got against him. Yo, he was making the breadwinners, you heard? I'm a Democrat too, but we Trump. We Trump back in office right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. I quit Trump, to be honest with you. Bro, for real, Trump really did this shit. And I like him because he's about money. It wasn't about no politics. He wanted to make America great again. Through Trump. That boy Trump, we making sure to get they bread. I ain't gonna lie. I'm thinking Trump for life. Trump for life. I ain't gonna lie. Blood on the Trump. Trump wanted us to get off our ass and get some money. Trump 2024. You true. I mean, everybody hold a piece of money. Trump really up Trump running it how it's supposed to be ran. And people just can't take it. And he putting out facts in front of the people. He ain't lying to the people. People just don't want to accept the truth. Trump, man, we rocking with you. So you, Trump? My dog. See what's up? Trump put the money in our pocket. Trump had a country on a better path as far as economically. He put America first, so. Makes sense. I like the ones like the place people first. They know they can't get him for none of the real shit. We get it, gang. Yeah. I ain't used to like that. But now, bro, I realize that he meant well for the country. We need that back. Free Trump. Trump 2024. They all tricked y'all dumbass to get Trump out the chair. And now look how that shit on backfired on y'all dumbass. Trump got my back. Trump for life. Donald Trump. He showed his love, and he didn't stop. 2024 Trump. Trump, 2024. From Baltimore. I ain't gonna lie. Trump, my mother. No. Imagine they talk shit about Trump. He's probably the best thing for America right now. No cap. Really. Trump. My man Trump. He's gangsta. I like him. I love him. Make America great again. Let's go. Trump, 2024. Trump, 2028. Trump, 2032. Man, listen. Trump for life. Now, there's a lot of ideas going on there. One of the major ideas is the fact that people were feeling pain because of their wallets. The economy sucks. People are making less money. We'll get to that in the final segment today. But it's this, it's this concept that whenever people feel pain, people do things generally for two reasons. They feel pain or they have pleasure. They're incentivized, do, they're incentivized and motivated to do things because they want to avoid pain or they're wanting to seek pleasure. Politics reigned by these godless commies, this neoliberal global order, has made it to where the purchasing power of Americans is lessening. 
which now that we know that whereas there have been efforts around the world to keep other nations in privation, now the guns, now the efforts of the globalists have come here at home. And now the American people are feeling their chickens coming home to roost. This petrodollar, this global market price fixing, these forever wars, these types of central banker activities are now coming back against the American people and they're, they're hurting. They're absolutely hurting. There's a lot of stuff I want to cover about that, but I don't have the time. But here's the idea. It's the optic. The optic, you know, according to LBJ back in the, what, 60s, he said, reportedly, that if the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act of the 1964-68 was passed, that he would, quote, have them, in words, voting Democrat for the next 50 years. And he was not wrong. Black people overwhelmingly vote Democrat. And yet there is a bigger portion of them looking and trending to support President Trump. And it's not because the Democrat Party has lost itself. It's because people are feeling pain regardless of their lot in life. Whether you are feeling pain and you're seeing the kids being perverted in schools, or you've been, you lost your job and now there's no trade work for people uh, to be able to provide for their family because massive immigration is coming into the country, changing the demographics, changing the way we look at things. Or you've been outsourced your job overseas where you actually have to train your replacement who's in a different country because they get to work for cheaper than you do. These money-grubbing corporations have organized against the American people. And that's the idea that I want to hammer. The people's rights have been trespassed. And where I have had a specific focus in the law, in the Constitution, in the maxims, the fundamental principles of law, that is something that has now got my focus a lot. And we're going to be bringing that to you with notice, affidavits, stuff like that. The pain that the American people are feeling is because these globalists have made it to where they're in pain. You, you, you can't get much more simple than that. I do want to remember and remind and point to Jesus. Matthew 6, 24, verse 20, 24 and 25, Jesus says, No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink, nor for your body or, or what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Christ is speaking to the fact that God provides. Money, and we'll get into this in the third segment, or the final one, money is something that I believe designates trust. And if you put your trust in money, then you're putting your trust in something man-made. These people that are waking up, these black people on the street saying that they're going to protect Trump and support Trump because he was for their money, they're feeling the pain because the people controlling their idols have turned the pressure and turned the organization back on themselves. Don't miss that that's a lever moment. Don't let that escape you. This is not just politics. This is not just the Democrats and the Republicans. If you're, if you're paying attention to people that are still examining politics with the right and the left, you are flat-footed. You're listening to people. You're letting people put brain, things into your brain that are slow. It's an, it's an ineffective model to explain the reality. The right and the left, that's, that's, a, that's a fabricated model. It's an antiquated model. It's not something that effectively, in my opinion, explains society, explains the world. We'll get to what Jesus says. Amen. We'll get to God or mammon, God or money. But this is the result of Trump. These people attribute the pain that they're feeling to the absence of Trump. Which means that the presence of Trump in office is what they attributed to more money in day pocket. Day bread. the homie. Know what I'm saying? Now take that, Trump being in office... And stack it up with what the administration or the residents, the resident in the White House is starting to say. I want to go to Plan B, if I could, where she is starting to encourage people and they, they she is announcing, this is yesterday, she's announcing that the administration is going to be supporting another vaccine. Now take this. You've got blacks waking up and money and politics and all these things, these pain points happening. And now you've got the globalists pushing their vaccine again. Watch this. The president said in, in Tahoe, 
that he had tentatively decided to recommend everyone get the new vaccine. When is he going to decide the final? So as you, I think you've heard from the F uh, FDA and CDC, uh, they've made an announcement on the new vaccine. Uh, so certainly uh, they said that they will have an, there'll be an updated vaccine September, mid-September, I believe. So uh, we know that, as you all know, vaccinations against COVID-19 remains the safest protection for avoiding hospitalization, long-term health outcomes and death, which is why we are we are going to be encouraging uh, Americans to stay up to date on their vaccines. She's lying. She's lying. She's untruthful. Uh, and it goes against the law. This is one of the reasons why I'm so specific on giving people specific solutions. I don't want to just complain. I want to give specific solutions. You know that you can get into a private membership association, associate with people by right, in the private, by right, and the government's public police powers can't regulate you even if you're in a job like a public job, like you work for a place, a public school, a government official, anything like that can't trespass your liberty. Can't. It's called public accommodation law. Nothing can exist in the public if it trespasses the people's rights. You have a right to your liberty and no one can make a policy to compel you to take something that you don't want to take as a requisite for you participating and exercising your rights. That can't happen. We'll cover that in future uh, live streams. But I just wanted to point out that the people that are waking up to Trump as Trump being the lever for the status quo are now the same people that are seeing these godless commies try to do the same godless commie playbook. The lockdowns, the vaccines, the boosters, the don't die, do this for your health. And I believe that m many people are sufficiently awoke to this idea. But it doesn't, it doesn't just stop there. It doesn't just stop with the, the comparison between the vaccine and the lockdowns and the, and the public health stuff and the money. It doesn't just stop there. It continues. I believe that people are now getting to a position where they are going to be comfortable with making people in public feel awkward. America has been exploited because of the gentleness of the gospel that's being preached insofar as the church doesn't want to offend people. Don't offend them. Don't offend them. Which is feminist, by the way. If someone's trying to tell you, well, do you offend me. That's a feminist idea. It's a feminist idea. Well, you, you offend. I don't care if I offend you. Is it true? Examine what I'm saying. Examine the ideas. Hold the idea. What was it? Uh, uh, Aristotle said, it's the mark of a smart man to, embrace an, uh, to examine an idea without embracing it. You can look at something without embracing it. You can hear something without taking personal offense. But because our culture and our society has been trained by this globalist peak feminist idea that we have to take offense whenever people say things we disagree with, that that's now being weaponized against the people. And I think after all this pain with their money, the outsourcing jobs, the changing demographics of the nation, the stolen elections, the mainstream media, the perversion of kids, the, the accumulation of these things is wearing thin on the trained um, gentleness, the trained uh, docility of the American people. People are pissed. And they're going to start acting like that in a way that won't be bridled by calling people racists or transphobes or white supremacists. The labels have lost their power. The words are no longer going to wrangle the behaviors of people. Because I believe people have figured out that the ones calling people names, racists, transphobes, white supremacists, whatever, people have figured out that those people are the worst people. Those people are the ones with the evil motives. Those are the ones using manipulation of emotion and value to control pol political. You're keeping me on your mind plantation by making my mind think in the words that you use. You're the slave master. And so if you're using words like you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a white supremacist, you're an anti-Semite, you're these words. These words are used to control people and I think people are this close to being, who cares? Who cares? And I think that's what Trump's mugshot is approximating. It's approximating the destigmatization of being called things that would be uh, 
you know, maligned in public. If you've got a bunch of namby-pamby priss people, educated with godless Marxism, who hate Jesus, hate America, want the rest of the world to be taken care of before we are, don't read their Bibles, have no concern with gender or marriage or anything like that, and they call you mean, who cares? I don't care what you say. Conspiracy theorist was a word designed by the government to shut people up with people who disagreed with the government. It's, it's, a, it's a form of mind control. And whenever you think about it, this is nothing more than spellcasting. Which, let me just be sober real fast. I supported Mitt Romney in 2012 because in 2012 I was sitting here going, yeah, we need the Republican Party to go against President uh, Obama. This is a video last week of Mitt Romney expressing the fact that with the greatest national defense dollars we've ever spent is for Ukraine. Watch this. The single most important thing we can do to strengthen ourselves relative to China is to, is to see Russia defeated in Ukraine because they're allies and, uh, and Russia being weakened weakens their ally China. I mean, so, uh, and, and by the way, uh, being able to, to take an amount which equals what, about 5% of our military budget, about actually less than 5% of our military budget each year to help the Ukrainians is about, about the best national defense spending I think we've ever done. It is very much in, in America's national interest, in our national interest to help Ukraine. I, I, I bought that hook, line, and sinker for years. Republicans bought that for years. Conservatives bought that for years. Christians have bought that line for years. We have been told that we're going to be able to be provided for and safe as long as we just go along with, let's, let's help these people. That's actually destroyed our nation because it's relegated our power to that of military. If someone does something we don't like, we go punch them in the face. We deploy, we, we dub them terrorists, and we go after them. I was part of that. We dubbed Afghanistan a hotbed of terrorism. You know what I saw? I saw a bunch of people defending themselves. And when they defended themselves against professional soldiers, we killed them. We killed them. We used technological advantage, military advantage, to hunt people down who are otherwise organizing to defend them, themselves and their homes and their families. And this dude, who has not served, has the audacity to go ahead and say, you know, it's, it's only 5% of our military budget that we're giving them. And of course, this is playing on the BoomerCon trope of, we gotta fight the fight over there so the fight's not fought right here. Had you ever considered the fact that that's just the whole subtext that, that is a lie? Have you ever considered the fact that the neoliberal global order post-World War II is wrong? Because it's predicated on the administrative state having its tentacles everywhere. It's predicated on a, on a small elite who are in charge of the levers of power, who manipulate markets, corrupt people, direct the, the culture's understanding by, by suppressing what people say, by teaching kids to hate their country, Project 1619, by teaching people to hate their history, tearing down Confederate statues. This is an anti-American, anti-truth, anti-Christian perspective. It's not wrong for Christians to say, leave me alone. I don't want to send soldiers to your stupid country. You guys fight your fights. And you'll realize that the beef Russia has with Ukraine is one that America escalated. We escalated it because we're trying to put missiles on the doorstep of the, of the bear. The, you know, Russia. So when we look at this, I now look at Mitt Romney and I go, you're just as bad as Obama, probably worse. Because at least Obama was calling himself a Democrat. At least Obama was presenting himself as a liberal. This dude still presents himself as a social conservative, a political conservative, and he gets up there gallivanting around all pristine, polished and pristine, and he starts to say, well, this is the best, this is the best use of national defense money I've ever seen. 
And that what that what that's doing, it's it's touching on the fear of conservatives that America will fall. That's really what it's doing. It's touching on the idea that America will crumble unless we give money to Ukraine. If we don't give money to Ukraine, then Russia gets strong and somehow Russia with China is able to threaten America because of information and tariffs and trades and stuff. Jobs. Something, some reason is that China and, and Russia are the biggest competitors and so we gotta go fight them. Well, how about the fact that we just unbridle freedom? How about the fact that we let people keep what they make? How about we educate our kids in the love and lordship of Jesus Christ as the Bible teaches, and then as we are re, you know, reproducing, we're not killing our babies in the womb anymore, we got fruitful marriages as God intends in Genesis 2.24, and then our society that reflects and honors God is able to stand strong because we are respecting, glorifying, and worshiping Jesus instead of trying to approximate, calculate, and otherwise manipulate according to a small group of cabal that has all the power sucked up at the top. How about we stop trying to maximize the golden passport from the Harvard-educated elite and we say, you know what? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Respect my rights and get out of my face. That's a better idea. That's one that actually is God-honoring. And this is one that I believe the church needs to hear. I believe America needs to hear. And God bless President Trump because I believe that he's the tool to bring this type of perspective about. It's no longer about the glitzed, glossed, polished politician who, who does the thumb, thumb button, elevator button push, who wears the nice suit. The quicker we can destroy the politics of perfect presentation, the better America will be. Stop getting to the sense of perfection. Why don't we look to the perfect one, Jesus, and recognize the rest of us are liars, cheats, steals, stealers, thieves. And we guard against each other by looking to him and organizing society based on biblical truth, which is what the founders did. Pastor Wilson, a, a, a pastor out of Moscow, Idaho, said that America wasn't exceptional because Americans are better than everybody else. America is exceptional because Americans recognize that they're not exceptional. And in recognizing that they're the same as everybody else, recognizing their sin, they organized a government that limited sin. The problem is that when Americans don't look to Jesus, the government that's designed to limit the, the, uh, the consolidation and aggregation of power doesn't function because people aren't looking to Jesus. People aren't looking to Jesus. They're not reading their Bibles. They're not preaching the gospel. And because we're not calling people to repent from the idol of money, the idol of government, the idol of celebrity politicians, because we're not doing that, we're living in the oppression that we are. I think that is a very powerful idea. And I think that it has to be predicated on the idea that the, the global world order that people like me and people older than me have been raised with and have been taught America is the lone superpower. How about America was a Christian nation? Let's go with that. Because if America is positioned as the lone superpower, then you are always going to have power epistemology explain and motivate your politics. We have to send money to Ukraine to fight Russia because of China. Instead of, no, you're telling us that you have to put money in Ukraine because you're getting kickbacks. That's where you're trafficking people. And all that money is gonna be washed through some unaccounted, unaccountable agency and who knows if you're going to get money kickback? Why do you go into office as a normal person and come out of office a multi-mega millionaire with all sorts of business connections? How does that happen? Well, you know, there was this war one time. There was this banking legislation. See, that's how it happens. And it happens because people, I believe, aren't in their Bibles, aren't using the scriptures, and aren't preaching the gospel to where they are diligent, specific, and exacting to the government. We have let government become God because we found ourselves the ability to enrich ourselves when we look away from Jesus. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Fired up today. Fired up. Let's go. There was a shooting, and in this shooting, the dude that did it was presented as a mostly white. Asian male. Watch this. Wait, Wait what? what? 
mostly white? This guy, mostly white, Asian male. <laughs> that's what. That that's that's how we, what we're going with. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Let me tell you who this guy is, for who don't know. Graduate student, nanoparticle synthesis. It's not that shit they put in the vaccine. Just saying. And where? Oh, let's see. Oh, take a look at that. Huan University. Yeah, so this the shooter shot some people, and then the media is calling him a mostly white male. It turns out the dude's like uh, straight up connected to all this stuff. But this is just to preface the idea of white supremacy. This is what the resident said yesterday. Listen to this. To the point where the intelligence community is determined, the U.S. intelligence community is determined that domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat we face in the homeland. The greatest threat. Now, terrorism is a 9-11 trope. You realize that this is a 20-year-plus fear-mongering tactic. Listen to me very carefully, please. I am not insulting the baby boomer generation when I say this. I am saying that this message is designed for people who are that age, who, because they are that age, they have been bombarded by the messages for decades and so you can see Biden and say, I don't like him, while simultaneously think that the government protecting you from terrorists is a necessary thing. And those two things, I'm arguing, are the same. Biden is the same as the government protecting you from terrorism. They're both irrelevant, shouldn't be in power, and not the issue of the government. The government is to defend your rights, to protect your rights. Whenever you buy the predicate that the government is to defend you from terrorists, what you've just done is you've granted the premise of the police state. Now that you've granted the premise of the police state, all people have to do is make you afraid of something that they don't have to prove. This terrorism. This virus. It's always something you can't say. It's always something you can't see. You will point out instances of it, but even then, the logical fallacy is that of it's applicable to the whole. Here's this one time this mostly white Asian male shot up this thing. That means all white people are the same. Now, the bad thing here is the Marxist presupposition of identifying people according to their skin color. Now, I get it. I agree that there are genetic differences. But whenever you identify people to, according to their skin color, what you've just done is you've categorized behavior according to epidermis the, the 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 skin why don't you say that the behavior is criminal why don't you say that this is wrong and remember the first segment whenever i showed you all the blacks waking up i'm for trump yeah i'm for trump why would the government start to push against white supremacy at the same time that there's a bunch of black people waking up to support president trump this is, I believe, the godless commie's response to Trump. Trump is unifying people against the system. As people unify against the system, that unification is what's dangerous to the cabal that's in charge. It's dangerous to the global order. The global order has to fracture people, and one of the ways it has traditionally been able to fracture people is to point out their superficial differences. You're black, you're white, don't y'all guys hate each other? Remember slavery? Yeah. Cracks and whips and montage and spiritual hymnals. And y'all over here with your statues and uh, the South will rise again. Why don't you guys go hate each other? All the, all the while, the people that own the banks are just sitting outside of it. They have to fracture people based on what's superficial. Because when people understand that they're being, uh, you know, when people understand that tyrants and oppression and bad things are happening to them and they're in pain, they call out for God whether they're brown, white, black, blue, or orange. And this is what the godless commies need to do. This is what Satan has to do. He has to divide you based on what's superficial so that you don't look inward to your heart and recognize that person who don't look like me also has problems. 
And if they've got problems and I've got problems, then I'm reframing it from instead of everybody is against white people or everyone's against black people or everyone's against Christians, it's now everyone has problems and God is trying to redeem everything to himself through Jesus Christ. That's the reframe. That's the solution. That's the way to think about it. But we don't talk like this. We're not trained to think like this. We're not allowed to say this because it cuts against the, the tool and the power and the lever of the godless commies to keep people divided. How easy is it for me to look at someone who's my brother in Christ, who's black or brown or yellow or whatever, they don't look like me. They ain't from British descent. They're not from Scottish descent, like me. So they look at they. So I look at other people and I'm like, "You black? You from Timbuktu? Bing wang, right? Like you're from that place." But if that dude loves Jesus and I love Jesus and we're both in Christ, the superficiality shows God's complexity and creativity. It does not show or prove that God can't overcome the things that are obviously not the same. But we don't think like this. So when when Biden is talking about white supremacy, when these government officials are talking about white supremacy, here's what they're doing in the law. They're using bills of attainder to label you as a white supremacist. They can't do that. They can't make ex post facto laws, laws after the fact. The laws after the fact is that I'm not born white. I'm born me. I am me. When your government starts calling you race, when your government starts calling you these things, they're starting to attribute that label, they're starting to attribute privileges and benefits to that label. And this has been done through our entire history, folks. This has been done through our entire history. I mean, one of the very first uh, voting legislations talked about just white men. Because America was a white Christian nation. It was made by white Christians. Now, I don't think that that should be the case because I think that the gospel, whenever it's faithfully proclaimed, when the Bible is diligently and devotionally taught, I think it will conquer all things. So I'm not one pushing for an ethnostate, but I'm also not stupid or ahistorical to say that America wasn't founded as a white Christian nation because it absolutely was. But just saying that will be labeled and people will call you a white supremacist. That's not white supremacy. That's just fact. That's just true. And herein, herein lies the path of the devil and these demons, these godless commies, to manipulate people. Is that they will start to characterize your motives for saying things that are true. Challenge the, factual, challenge the factualness of what I say. Challenge the truthfulness of what I say. Don't think that you know what my motives are. And the government sure as hell isn't in the position to judge my motives. That's what justice is for. That's what a court is for. That's what a trial by jury is for. The trial and the jury charges my motives. They're the ones that charge what I do. The government, by saying I'm a white supremacist because I'm a Christian or I got a beard or I'm a veteran or I want to be left alone or I want to localize my food supply and I don't want to take a jab, I don't want to have to wear a stupid mask, I don't bow towards Mecca or confess the almighty of the LGBTQ fornication crowd. Just because I don't do those things doesn't mean that I hate those. Well, <laughs> I do hate those things. Doesn't mean that I am hateful and want to overthrow my government. I am allowed to have my own opinion. I'm allowed to have freedom of speech. Because God gave me freedom of speech, not government. And when we have bad understanding of law, we get bad politics. Which is exactly where this dude's going. This dude is going towards tyranny. He's already there. He's going towards tyranny because there's no Jesus there. There's no Jesus in that man's life. There's no Jesus in the administration. There's no Jesus in our government, which is where I believe that Christians need to speak up, stand up specifically for truth and for Jesus Christ. But this, this kayfabe, this, this fake war on whites is because Trump, I believe, God is using Trump to unify people against the tyrants. Because people are being unified, the godless commies will then have to try to divide them. And one of the easiest ways that they've divided people is skin color. I want to suggest to you that we have the youth. We, as in the Christians, as in the nationalists, as in the people that want a legitimately conservative, right, hard right alternative to the neoliberal order. The people who want the Constitution. 
the people who want truth. The people who want to be able to say things and you might get offended, but then you're like, well, he's got the right to say that and it's factual. Like those people. If you're in that camp, you might be offended by me. Amen. God bless you. I'm probably offended by you. But at least you recognize I can say stuff that you don't like. And I'm here to tell you that I believe that we, this group, we have the youth. Like I'm talking like the youth youth. Watch this video and we'll commentary uh, comment as it goes. This is a 12-year-old uh, boy being kicked out of a public school for stuff that he has on a bag. The reason why we have the youth is because the natural instinct of man is not to be subjected to arbitrary whims like this feminist is doing to him. He will grow to hate this. He will be trained by this. He will be uh, emboldened by this. And there ain't no undoing this. Go ahead. Thank you. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? That's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag to be, is due to its origins with the um, slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, as the reasoning behind them, not the Gadsden book. The Don't Tread on Me. Okay. Which is the Gadsden book. Okay. Um, okay. So he, he, um, he, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so I asked him, can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. Just comply. Just comply. In and around other kids. So that's what I was trying. And then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch. That was okay. the slavery Facts. the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of, like, the, um, the Confederate pet, our Bad Confederate history, pet, bad I, politics, so bad behavior. I am here to enforce the policy that was provided by the Enforce the policy. And I'm just doing my job. Nazis. You have every right to not agree with it. I mean, yeah, because yeah, the ACLU says that he's allowed to wear that. If you like go on their website, it like says in big so letters. I, all, I, all I'm saying is that unless there's like a ban on patches, period, like you said, there's no patches allowed at the school. You cannot display what you think or anything. Like uniformly that, applied. Anything like that. Laws uniformly um, applied. I, I don't. I think it's like one-sided, you know, because you allow some patches but not other patches. Other names have patches, like other names from like the American flag backpacks. Yeah, that was like well Silent. Revolution with. No response to the truth. Yeah, I, None. I just don't understand that at all. So what I can do is speak to our Jeff Yoakum okay. again. Bureaucracy. Um, and then he no responsibility. to our person at the district. Okay. Um, Chain of command, administrative state. It's and always somebody else's responsibility. The last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, I know that's all he, he takes his classes seriously. Yes. He studies. He does, he wants to get straight A's. He did that. He made honorable when he was here before. Yeah. He intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So I understand that. Yeah, and I, I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is Amen. Preach. Okay. I, like I said, we are upholding a policy that was provided to us, which we have to uphold. Okay. Can you show me where the policy? Yeah. Show. Yeah. The video cuts off. Show me where the policy is. Show me what the law is. That's that's what I do with the common law. You can get the common law seminar at commonlawpeople.com. The link is in the description below. If you want to help restore lawful elections, the link is in the description below. Operation Josiah. Therein, people, speak the truth. Know what the truth is. Say true things. It shuts these godless commies up. But this is why we have the this is why we have the youth. His bag was this. This is what's on his bag. It says based, right? Based, boost. He's got a Saint Michael patch. Saint Michael Protectors patch. He's got a dog meme. This kid is uh <laughs> this, is, 
that that's a white supremacist that like that right there is a white supremacist we got the youth we got them because now the tyrants are mandating the behaviors of debauchery and perversion and they're they're making people celebrate that which is disgusting objectively factually scientifically disgusting and it's godlessness and it's sin people will reject it people are rejecting it they're gonna reject this whole cloth there's no stopping it they have literally built themselves to a position of pride where they have no concept that they could ever fall and so they shall and we will let them Economic depression can be used as a refining fire. Malachi 3, God talks about the refiner's fire. Pulling out the bad in silver so that he can see his reflection in it. And that it's refined by fire over time, over time. And that's how you actually know you've gotten all the imperfections out of silver is when the, the silversmith, when the refiner, can see his reflection. That's the process of sanctification. One of the ways that I believe God uses judgment and wrath is economic depression. Now, this is not to say that he's a horrible God. It is a way to say that he is using situations to push people and force people back to himself. He has the ability to do it. He's got the power to do it. And I want to point out this video speaking about the silent depression that's going on. Watch this. Commentary follows. I heard a new term on TikTok today that made me stop in my tracks. We are living in the silent depression. This guy believes we are not just living in worse than the Great Depression. We're living in the silent depression. The average annual income in 1930 for an American individual was a little over $4,800. Sounds like nothing. But if you adjust that for inflation, a little over $4,800 a year in 1930 is equivalent to almost $85,000 annually for the average salary for one person. Right now, the average annual salary is $56,000 a year. We currently are making less than the height of the Great Depression. In 1930, gas was on average 10 cents a gallon. That would be about $1.73. In case you haven't filled up your car lately, average cost of a gallon of gas is $3.55. To buy a new car in 1930 would have been about $860. It's worth about 15 grand. The average cost of a new car today is $48,000. And of course, the most coveted aspect of the American dream, being able to buy a house in 1930, cost about $3,900, less than $70,000. I spend way too much time on Zillow, so maybe this isn't surprising to me, but the average price of a home in America today is $416,000. How could we be living through worse cost of living and wages than 1930? And no politician, no media outlet, no one is talking about it. That's Bidenomics. It's about growing an economy by strengthening the middle class. Yeah, it's, uh, again, the same tropes. And again, again, please hear me very carefully. There are still going to be people. There are still people who take offense to this. People have been trained with mantras and cliches and euphemisms. They don't mean anything, but when they hear them, it's like Pavlov. My parents' generation has been trained to when they hear, we gotta strengthen the middle class. That is a that that is a that is like the the pro word. That is the MK Ultra trigger word to get people to like whatever economic policy is being explained. Like, that's the thing. We got to protect the middle class. Uh-huh, that's right. That's not an insult. I'm saying that is the programming. That is the programming. We are in a time where the programming is so false and so fake that people are now having cognitive dissonance because they heard what they've been taught and it's colliding with reality. So I don't want to take that perspective anymore because there's still people. There's still people which is <laughs> also part of the commentary. There's still people that whenever you say that this is the type of, uh, you know, boomer conservatism or boomer patriotism, it's this everything is doing well and everything, it's just, it is a, it's not an insult to the generation. It's an acknowledgement of the beliefs that have either been trained or reinforced or are used to control. That's what that means. Don't take personal offense. If you take personal offense, you're actually affirming the criticism because you're taking offense when no offense is intended. So so please don't take offense. I, I'm not, I'm not going to explain that ever again. But the point for bringing this up is 
Biden gets up there and he says, this is Bidenomics. We've got to strengthen the middle class. All of that is garbage. All of that is worthless. All of that doesn't make sense. But here you have a silent depression. Now let's take her facts that she's presented with inflation adjusted and all that kind of stuff. Here is where I think that there, there is a refiner's fire. I speak about this in the Live Local Field Manual, whereby there should be multiple generations living together. I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think that that's wrong. Not because of necessity or not because of pain, but because of how do younger generations get trained and have the wisdom of older generations. There's no one, and here, here's here's now, now the opportunity for the boomers to save the country. If the boomers were in, in touch with their grandkids, like direct in touch with their grandkids, telling them about objective truth, telling them about the fact that uh, America isn't a racist nation, telling them about the fact that the Constitution is uh, you know, a, a good document, those are things that are being broken. That is a gen those are generational constructs that are being destroyed and attacked. And they're being destroyed and attacked because the family has been frayed. Generations have been uh, you know, isolated and separated from one another. And everyone seems to be their own gladiator in the arena fighting off. And who do they go for help? The government! They, they call in some government program to help them wherever they are in whatever lot in life they happen to be. And I believe that this economic depression, the silent economic depression that we're in, is an opportunity for generations to come back together. For people to recognize, I'm going to work harder, not only for my kids, but to provide for my parents. As someone who uh, cleansed his dad and bathed his dad before his dad died of cancer, I recognize firsthand the, the, just the, the burden and blessing of taking care of an ill parent, a, 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 a parent with their, with their health is failing. Like that's horrible. I hated it. I hated to see my dad die. I hated to see him withering in front of me. At the same time, I'm glad it was me and not some hourly paid worker who don't give a crap about him in some insurance paid off sterile beige taupe colored uh, you know, healthcare system where they don't care about him. It should have been us, and it was us. And there's power there. So when the world will say that there's an economic depression going on, recognize that there's goodness that you can do as a result of it. And that's where I'm calling you. That's where I'm asking you to consider, yeah, stuff sucks. Can you snap your fingers and change it? No, okay, well then get off that plan. Stop crying over your bad and unmet expectations. And start recognizing, okay, I'm going to fight. God has me here. He ain't dumb. I'm here on purpose. Stuff does suck. What can I do to help make it better? Okay, we need to build the team with the people that we love. We need to build the team with the people that God has given me in my life. We need to look to the Bible and see how multiple generations working together is a really strong structure that this government won't be able to break, which is exactly why they've tried to do that which is exactly why they go after families, after marriage, after intergenerational dependence. That's exactly why they attack it. I'm saying, with this as being an opportunity, with this being a really bad time financially, this is also the time for you to let go of the things that government has promised you and look to what God instructs and what God promises and trust in his organization, trust in his order, trust in the way that he has said to do things. That's gonna be hard for a lot of people because there will be people who rely on their 401k, there will be people who rely on their social security, there will be people who like their nest egg, like their annuities, like their healthcare, like their social security. There will be millions of people dependent on those things. My mother is dependent on those things. But this is the opportunity we have to acknowledge all this bad stuff is really just an opportunity for us to put into practice what God has said. And if it don't make sense in the world, that's fine. Because God tells, tells you to. Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with the promise. That's powerful. If mom can't afford something, we're going to pay for it, regardless of if we have the money or not, regardless of if it costs us a vacation or we're saving up for a car and we can't get that, regardless of what's going on, we're going to obey the Lord.
And this is where I want to challenge my older generations. You guys got wisdom. You guys got wisdom. You need to be saying it. You need to be giving it. You need to be rebuking in love and in truth. You need to be telling people your mistakes. You need to be telling people where you went wrong. Because in a world of pride, idolatry, and personal aggrandizement, where everyone's pristine and per, you know presented as perfect, the Spingiris, the white hairs, the elders, you guys are in the best position to admit your faults so that those of us who are looking at you can recognize that's not what we want to do. And that's going to suck because that strikes at your pride. It strikes at your pride when you admit that you're wrong. It strikes at your reputation and what you value in yourself whenever you say that you're wrong. But consider the fact that now you're in the position as the elder of wisdom and your advice coming off to the ears of people that are younger than you, if you're telling them how to do stuff, that ain't advice. Because they're not going to be able to say, well, I, I, I'm going to get my social security. They won't. I will never see social security. People will never say, well, I'll, I'll be able to benefit from my 401k. I don't have a 401k. Doesn't exist. I'll, I'll never get social security. I don't have a 401k. So if you talk to me about retirement, that's a concept that millennials will never know. And if you try to tell that to people in their 20s and beyond, you're, you're not even speaking into their existence. That, that's a concept that doesn't even exist. What you can do is you can say, I spent more, more time on my career than my family. What you can say is, I regret having harsh language against my son. I have regrets where I was pursuing pleasure on vacations instead of taking the time out and reading a book with my child. Admit that. Own it. Completely own it. And watch this economic depression become a time of family revital revitalization. Watch it become a time when God pulls his people back together based on his order and right now, I don't think that there's any group better positioned to give wisdom and to repent and to admit that they've made mistakes than older generations. Not in a sense that it's my generation and I know more than they do, but in a sense of when the entire world doesn't make sense and everything sucks, the oldest people, the, the people of wisdom will admit that they don't know everything. And that doesn't mean you have to be a boomer. It doesn't mean you have to be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. That could be any time. Repentance and confession of sin is good at any time. Because what it first and foremost does, it acknowledges that you are not God and God is God. And when you do that, there's power there. There's an incredible power. The power in humility is that you are you are vocalizing the focus for someone else. You are vocalizing your diminishment, your lessening for the exaltation of someone else. And that's not common. That's not common. Which is where I think that if anyone's listening to me and this makes sense, it makes sense because you recognize everyone is out for themselves. Everyone is out to get their own piece of the pie. Let me get mine. Let me build my brand. Let me build up this. Let me do these things. Very few people will actually lay down their lives for other people. Very few people will ever tell someone that they're wrong. I was wrong for running for office. I was wrong thinking that my participation in politics would save the nation. I was wrong for putting those hours on the campaign, the door knocks, the phone calls, the asking of money. I was wrong of doing those things because where Jaron thought that he would have uh, an impact and a solution on society that would benefit society, I took my time away from my marriage. I took my time away from my children. I took my time and gave my effort for strangers instead of neighbors. I was wrong. I have repented. I don't do that anymore. I spend a little time with you 
talk about stuff. I'm always going to bend it back to the gospel. And the rest of my day, I'm with my family. Or I'm working for neighbors. Or I'm doing something to serve other people. Because I have learned the lesson that Jaron isn't going to save America. Jaron isn't going to save anybody. God saves people. Christ saves people. And this refiner's fire, this economic depression, this emotional tension, this psychological confusion is a perfect opportunity to get back to what the Bible says and to do what the Bible says in faith. Don't do what the Bible says because you think that you will get the outcome that you want. What I have learned is that whenever I do what the Bible says because the Bible says it and God wants it and it's true and I have faith that he works through it, I often find that what I want changes. That what I expected doesn't matter. And that what I pray for becomes more simple in the sense that God just do your will. Just do your will. There's power there. There's wisdom there. So I see this economic depression as a refining fire as an opportunity localizing food supply, loving your neighbors, you know, dominating the education of your children and grandkids. I mean, if you're a grandparent and your kids are going to public school, spend your stupid 401k and your stupid social security to get that kid out of the indoctrination camp. Save that kid's life with your pension. Give that. Give it up. Get that kid in a position where someone who is pouring into them who loves them in fear and admonition of the Lord. And you may be destitute and impoverished and die under a bridge with pneumonia and stage four cancer. And that sucks. But you will have given your talents in glory of, the, of God to serve and to love other people as you're called to do. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I don't want you to uh, feel loss or hurt. But I want people to come to Christ. And I believe that there are many blessings Americans have as a result of the founding fathers being Christian and faithfully obeying God to institute a nation that loved Jesus. The Constitution literally says, in the year of our Lord. Like the founding document specifies and points to Jesus. So I think that America's blessing comes from that. And God's faithfulness to the founders is what uh, many of us have benefited from. And we've got a lot of stored capital in that. And now because we're butchering babies in the womb, because we're fornicating, because we're liars, because we deploy our military all over the world and kill people that we don't need to be killing, because we lie to ourselves, we teach our kids garbage and hate, we predicate the existence of tens of millions of years instead of what the Bible teaches. We say that people come from monkeys with Darwin. Like we have completely anathematized and, and gotten away from the scriptures. We've gotten away from Jesus. And now the heat's turning up. And as the heat turns up, what is our response? Well, I better continue to listen to Fox News. I better continue to learn about the radical left destroying the country. I better go vote harder. I better support President Trump because of MAGA. No. You get on your knees in private. You pray. You fast. You look to Christ. You read the Bible. You believe it is true. And then you live it as though it is. And whatever happens to him be the glory. Jaron, you aren't rich. You're losing all your stuff. People don't like you. People say horrible things about you. You get death threats. Like, all this stuff sucks. Dude, uh, God's doing stuff. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's got me. But he's doing stuff. And he gets the glory. Not me. I'm just some random dude. But I'll point to Jesus all day long. Friends, this is getting at the gospel. If you don't look to Jesus. If if you look to G Jesus in your head. Like you mentally assent to. Yeah, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Of course. Yeah, of course I believe that. But that's not in your heart. Does you no good. You must be born again. The Holy Spirit must circumcise your, your heart. That means that you recognize only Jesus is the way to salvation. Only Christ through his death, his burial, and his resurrection is what changes you, is what saves you. Only that saves you from your sin. 
if you try to pragmatize or try to solution or try to war game or try to figure things out, you're going to fail. You might earthly succeed, but you will spiritually fail. Likewise, just because you believe the gospel, just because you believe the Bible, doesn't mean you're going to be a broke, destitute bum under the bridge going, Jesus, you can be rich, you could be powerful, you could be influential and famous, but you better be giving those talents and that glory back to Jesus. You better acknowledge him as your king. There will be bums who are celebrating with Christ in heaven just as there will be billionaires celebrating with Christ in heaven. Just as there will be bums who are burning in hell as long as as, as well as billionaires burning in hell. What matters is are you in Christ or not? Do you believe the gospel or not? That's it. Believe the gospel, my friends. Appreciate you watching. If you're still watching, you can switch your shopping from where you have it now to where it should be at patriotswitch.com slash Vertical integration. American manufacturing. Take your dollars away from Walmart, Costco, Amazon, and all these others. This is a direct product purchase, private association, delivered right to your door. Yearly membership is a dollar. You can cancel anytime, no hassle, no fees. It's just a different way to do your shopping. If you're interested in putting your money where your mouth is or helping an American-made company and not these godless commies, please, you would help me support my work at patriotswitch.com slash If you've done that or if it's not in your wheelhouse, there's a direct opportunity to give to me. That link is in the description below. I'd appreciate that. That's a good way to keep this work going, support my family, and otherwise, if I've benefited you in any way. Uh, otherwise, just continue to pray for our nation. Pray for the J6ers. I'm going to put some time into the, the J6 stuff today. Um, it really bugs me. It really bugs me that there are men and women whose lives have been destroyed who are in federal prison and they only have one witness against them. Mm, that fires me up. Got to get to work. God bless you. Uh, until next time, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. This refiner's fire is an opportunity. The refiner's fire is an opportunity. The bad stuff in the world is an opportunity to look to God and follow him. I'm pumped because there's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> Don't quit. Go to war.